Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. and shine football fans welcome to morning footy happy tuesday happy international break we're happy to have you with us today i'm Susanna collins that's miko cantor charlie davies alexis guerreros ali trost martin here for some headlines guys i'm loving the fall vibes that i am feeling at this desk right now we got chuck with his cardi we got nico with the shacket yeah. what is this it's hunt i see hunter's point but hunter's point shouts to everybody in new york uh yeah this is a i don't know they call it a coach's jacket but you could tell by looking at me coach. your boy don't coach nothing uh, I, look Where's like your a, whistle? I look like a retired coach if anything uh but whatever i like it, it did, my father was a pe teacher and this is very much giving P.E. Yes. dad vibes. That's like, I'm getting security. Security? Yeah. Can I see your ID? School security no, I mean it, vibes. I mean it, let me see your ID. <laughs> <laughs> Loving School it. School security vibes. It's also smart because it's very cold in this studio as we have established, so. I feel like we all look like how we look when we relax. You have a, a room full of wood and a, and a fireplace. A room full right? of wood. Nico doesn't know how to relax. You comfortable in a hoodie and me looking like I do a manual labor job. That's kind of how we all dress when we relax. We're, if anything, we're authentic yeah, on this go. show, right? Like yeah. We're just very comfortable in our own right. skin. All you need is a little pipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right? We got to get one of those that. bubble pipes. Yes, exactly. Um, guys, let's chat about uh, the big game today, shall we? The yes. U.S. men's national team will be taking on Ghana tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. You can watch that match on TNT. They will be playing at Giotis Park in Nashville, Music City. They're coming off the 3-1 loss to Germany and Charlie yesterday you said that despite the results over the weekend you had a lot of positive takeaways from that performance mm -hmm. from the U.S. men's national team looking ahead to tonight's match against Ghana tactically I know you said you liked what you saw but tactically are there any changes that you're hoping to see maybe a different approach to this game yes not not so much positional uh changes although I do see Greg giving some guys an opportunity to play against Ghana that didn't uh, play against Germany. But more importantly, when you're playing against a, in a superior side like Germany, there are large portions of the game where you are going to have to defend and you're going to have to play on the counter. And I think they've gotten to a point where they can be an elite world-class team on the counter, but you also have to be able to keep the ball and dictate the tempo. And so for against a, a team like Ghana, who against Mexico dropped deep, sometimes had a, a back five, and it looked like a 5-4-1 at times, They're, they look to play on the counter, and they look to play long balls into the channels. So for the U.S., possession is going to be key, keeping the ball, making them chase the game, not playing so much counter because Ghana will concede possession against this U.S. side. So I would like to see them uh, figure out different ways to get into the attacking third, and more, I think most importantly, 
get Falarin Balogun involved. Mm. He didn't have as many touches. He made great runs, like I said yesterday. There were times where Christian and Balogun were occupying the same space, and that can't happen. As a center forward, you, you want to get touches, you want to be the main guy centrally, and we didn't really see that. Although Balogun had some incredible passes. The one where he passes, slips in Christian Pulisic, and Christian was alone one-on-one, -on -one, and he took a, a, a poor first touch that forced him to go wide of Ter Stegen, and then he dove trying to win a penalty. That, that was an incredible pass, but you're not getting an assist because Christian doesn't finish in that opportunity. But uh, I do like what I saw from Balogun in the limited uh -huh. moments, but again, he's just got to get the ball. There were times against Germany that the United States wanted to play out of the back and it was slow. Or they weren't using the six as that pivot point to start attacks. Rarely, it almost was like exclusively wide, they, the, that first point of attack was either Turner going to Dest or finding an outlet on the right. But at the end of the day, the buildup was slow. It was almost a little bit more direct Well, you know why? Counterattack. Because Germany were pushing like Nagelsmann would play. He pushes his attacking, let's say, four players, five players. He pushes an, an aggressive press. But then there's a big space. But when Balogun would check, Guess who's on his back? It was Hummels, and Hummels was winning that challenge. And then it would come right back down the U.S.'s throat. So if you do bypass and you're playing long, you bypass the midfield, it's, it's critical that your striker holds up the ball. Right. And that wasn't happening. Germany was anticipating those passes, and therefore then, then you, you're never going to have possession. So it's finding those triangles to break down that press so that you can have that open space running at the Germany back line. And against Ghana, it's going to be a different tone. It's going to be a different dynamic. It's obviously 100%. not going to be, I don't think, I don't anticipate it being something similar to what you just described that Germany was doing against us. But the United States needs to go into games against an opponent like a Ghana and be able to dictate with speed, mm -hmm. be able to break down with passing. Those, th those mechanisms that Berhalter loves his patterns, right? His passing patterns out of the back, like the triangles, and you're free, and, and, and you're clear. Mm -hmm. How do you break down an opponent like a Ghana that might be able to sit back with speed, with ball movement, moving it out wide, find the triangles in a place where you can pull somebody out and get in behind? So um, there's times that the U.S. isn't able to step up the tempo so much that the other team can't compete. It feels like sometimes, our t especially like in CONCACAF, it almost feels like we drop, down. We drop the yeah. tempo to their level. It can't happen against Ghana. And what's ironic is, Ghana gave up their first goal to Mexico from a Chucky Lozano play where he comes from the left, dribbles in, and shoots, mm -hmm. which is exactly how Christian Pulisic scored against Germany. So that is an area where you can get at this Ghana side. So uh, this is what I'm projecting to see in, oh. in, in this game oh, against really? Ghana. Well, a little Coach projected Charlie. 11, yeah, a little if you will. Let's go. So left, left back, yes, you could go Chris Lund. But for me, with athleticism, with the athleticism that Ghana have, go with Dewan Jones, who, who has the ability to get up and down. He has proven himself in Major League Soccer. I'm, I think this will be a great opportunity to see what he can do uh, against the Ghana side. And then Chris Richards and Miles Robinson, they partnered so well together in Nations League. Run it back. Let's see how, how Miles Robinson has progressed. And Chris Richards didn't have the strongest game against Germany, but in this match, I think Ghana's going to drop off a little bit. So let's see what his passing ability looks like now. And Serginho Dest is much better on the right than the left. 
Let's be honest. I hope so. He, ha he has more influence when he gets down the right flank. He'll get to the end line, whereas on he when he's playing on the left, he always cuts back to his right foot. Always. Always. So Brent Aronson now, I have, have him going up on the right wing, the wing, because he comes inside. So now that will open up more space for Serginho Des. Now, this is in the midfield. Yunus Musa comes out, not because he didn't play well against Germany. It's because he played 90 minutes. So you want some fresh legs. And Leonard Maloney brought in. This is his first opportunity. He's more defensive. He'll stand right in front of the back four. Now you have more freedom for Weston McKinney and Gio Reyna to kind of get more involved in the attacking third. Christian on the left and Balogun up top. Um, run it back with Balogun. I know he wasn't all that involved, but you need to start finding that chemistry between Reyna, Balogun, and Pulisic. And Weah, he's phenomenal. I still love him. He's gonna be a star on this team, but Brent Aronson came in and really made a difference. It, it, it's nice to get some fresh legs and, and, and I'll allow Weah to go back to, to Juve um, with, with more uh, juice in his legs. Yeah. I, and this is why I like your, your projected lineup. Uh, there's a lot of questions as to whether Tim Ream could make that recovery run time and time again at his age where and and you know sort of stop a counterattack from a um from a Ghana or other other defenders necessarily that we have that may not be able to do what like a a Miles Robinson and, and a and a uh, Chris Richards could do together certainly with the recovery speed and then also if we're going to overpower if we're going to try to overload them with numbers and you have our defensive midfielders kind of going into that attack are they going to be able to get back Leonard Maloney is not going to adventure forward or at least he's not going to be expected to he's going to camp out in front of our back line so this feels like this lineup protects us a little bit in case of that counter comes and also I like I like what you said about getting that triangle, getting that Christian Pulisic, Floren Balogun, and Gio Reyna on the same page. Because you even mentioned you saw Christian Pulisic and, and Floren Balogun kind of running into the same spaces, making the same runs. Building that chemistry between them is going to be so essential to how, how we propel forward as a nation, on, especially when we get to bigger competition, Copa America coming up. What, what, what are you hoping to see from U.S. versus Ghana in, in an ideal world what, besides the result? What is the progress we need to make? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, what would you like to see in this match? I mean, I think that your point about getting Balogun involved, and I know we're going to dive into this um, a little deeper later on in the show, but, but for me, like, there was so much hype around him and the, the questions surrounding that position on the pitch, and Balogun comes in, and we saw it in Nations League. You know, I think we all got really, really excited when we saw him and Gio Reyna on the pitch together and what that could potentially look like. But they need time to gel. You know, we, there's not a lot of opportunities for these guys to play together. And so for me, like, these two friendlies are really, really important leading up to um, – the Copa America and, and these bigger tournaments. And so you need to establish uh, those connections. They need to be comfortable. They need to, to be feeling each other when, when Valo is, is making those kind of runs and, and Gio can find him. And I think for me, like that's, if we can, if we can have success there, that's gonna make me feel a lot better because scoring goals has been a problem for the U.S. men's national team and having a consistent goal scorer. And I, I want Ballo to be the guy, but we've got to put him in the, the right positions. And, and I would just say, if you watch Germany, that match, the reason why the U.S. looked good in those moments is because Germany really lacked pace. Mm -hmm. And Japan tore them up. Why? Because they sat back and we said, we're going to counter. And when we counter, we're going we're gonna to be effective. And the U.S., they were caught in between two miles because they, they were able to counter at times because they were dropping back naturally, but they didn't 
make them chase the game enough. They didn't take advantage of the pace. And when you get caught between two minds of, hey, we're going to attack versus we're going to defend, there was more space in the midfield. And that's where the Germans were able to absolutely carve out the U.S. because Florian Wirtz was getting on the ball, as well as Gundogan, as well as uh, Leroy Zane in that midfield area, Musiala. And they were just running at the U.S. back line. And next thing you know, Tim Ream is 1v1 around the, around the halfway mm -hmm. point. You know, what would you expect from the U.S. at that point? So uh, I look for them to be a little bit better in those moments. Is Germany a tougher test for the U.S. than Ghana? Uh, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we'll find out tonight. 8.30 p.m. on TNT, the U.S. men's national team taking on Ghana. We're going to talk to Mbizo Zamani a little bit later on in the show. We'll get his take on uh, the U.S.'s opponent tonight. But right now, we're going to take a quick timeout. Ali Trost-Martin will be back with some headlines when we return. Stay with us. Welcome back. Well, over the weekend, Sidney LaRue <laughs> scored um, a fantastic goal for Angel City. Whether or not it was a bicycle kick is up for debate, but here is an adorable video of her teaching her son Cassius how to do it, and then she executes in the game, and then this is his reaction to <laughs> the said, goal. Mama just did it. Like, My mama did he's what? He's like, she wasn't playing. She, she knows what? how to do it. Hey, Cassius is so cute. I adore both their kids, little Cassius and Rue. Also, yeah. the name Rue after Rue. Oh, stop it! Yeah, I mean, well, Cassius caught on really quick with the bicycle kick. He did. Yeah, she she explained it perfectly. How you have to generate power with one leg to get. He's got to game. Own. Yeah, he's yeah. got game. She puts up Very like well videos where he's playing. Did we reach a consensus though? That was not a bicycle kick that she scored. Yeah. In that game? It's an overhead it's kick. It's an overhead kick. Yeah. All right, just to be clear. Still. But either way, phenomenal. <laughs> hey, she scored. So. A galazzo. Who cares um, what it's called? Exactly, exactly. All of them count. All right, let's send it on over to Ali Trost-Martin for some headlines. Ali. Thanks, Suze. We start with some somber news as the European Championship qualifier between Belgium and Sweden was abandoned at halftime in the wake of a shooting in Brussels that left two Sweden fans dead yesterday. Thousands of fans were kept inside Belgium's national stadium for more than two hours after the match was halted. Sweden national team players reportedly asked for the match to be stopped and fans were allowed to leave once it was deemed safe. The suspected gunman died after being shot by police and the match is not expected to be completed with Belgium already qualified for Euro 2024 and Sweden already eliminated. In coaching news, Shakhtar Donetsk has fired Dutch manager Patrick van Leuven just three months after he took the job. Van Leuven spent 12 matches in charge and leaves with Shakhtar sitting in third place in the Ukrainian league and in third place in their Champions League group. Shakhtar has named club legend and current director of football operations Dario Serna as caretaker manager. And in English Premier League news, the officials responsible for the VAR error that cost Liverpool a goal in their loss to Tottenham have been reinstated after being benched after their costly mistake. VAR officials Darren England and Daniel Cook have been assigned to Premier League matches for the upcoming weekend. England will serve as the fourth official for Brentford, Burnley, and Cook will serve as an assistant referee for Sheffield United's match against Manchester United. And Napoli star Victor Osiman is facing an extended spell on the sidelines after suffering a hamstring injury in Nigeria's friendly against Saudi Arabia on Friday. Napoli confirmed today that the reigning Serie A player of the year has suffered a grade two hamstring injury that could keep him out for between four to eight weeks. 
and in Major League Soccer news, longtime Philadelphia Union captain Alejandro Bedoya will be uh, will reportedly be looking for a new club come this winter. According to a report by The Athletic, the Union have informed Bedoya that he is not in the club's plans, meaning Bedoya's eighth season with the Union will be his last. The former U.S. men's national team midfielder joined the union in 2016 as a designated player, signing uh, and then proceeded to help turn the union from a laughingstock to a consistent title contender. 36-year-old is out of contract at the end of the current season and will be a free agent available, uh, able to sign with any team in MLS. Charlie, this feels like a very abrupt ending to uh, the career of a very important player for the union. What do you make of the way that this all kind of came about? It's disheartening, and in a we we all know when you get involved as a professional athlete what that looks like. It's never really a storybook ending as much as you you want it to be, but this is a player who's a captain, who is responsible for changing the culture at the union, who's a who's a, a part of of changing the losing mentality to a winning mentality. He brings it every single day. He's played over 2,000 minutes in every single season. Even this season, if he gets at least 70 minutes, he'll, he'll, he'll hit that mark. Now, this isn't a player who scores goals all the time. I, I mean, six goals last year, uh, seven assists this season. But what he brings from box to box every single day, he holds everyone accountable, he shows up to training every day, he is ingrained in the fabric of the Philadelphia Union. And to be told one thing from your coach that they're going to extend you and then all of a sudden, to at a much lower rate, which he was happy to, to agree to, because he feels like Philadelphia is home for him. To then your sporting director saying, you know what? Find a new club. That, that's disrespectful. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, we're going to go in a different direction. Mm -hmm. We've had these conversations. We are going back and forth. Ultimately, How come the conversations were had so late, though? Like, why, why, why are we <laughs> that's, one that's, that's a whole other topic. less than a week away from decision day for this, for this to be breaking, right? For Ale Bedoya to find out that, oh, Isn't that kind a of a agent. symptom of the MLS cap as well? This happens a lot where... Players who but this are isn't on, a cap decision. No, but, but I mean, as far as should we sign them, should we not? Do we have other options? Should we go a different way? I think because of the salary cap, this tends to happen a lot, especially to players who are a little bit later in their career. The disrespectful part is being told one thing and the other. I, look, I've been very open about. I don't believe you pay people for what they've done. You pay people for what they can do for you. He's he's integral to this team. He's a captain. The other thing is he's the heart and soul of this team, and the fan base is connected to Ale Bedoya in a way that you would hope as a player you get to that point. And I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. The connection he has with the fans, the way he's outspoken on things he believes, and the way that causes. Yes, his causes. Yeah, I mean, the way he remember. Into the yeah, he got into the microphone. He has on been. He was. Off. He yeah. was one of the 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 forward-facing guys uh, during the Black Lives Matter and and. He has he has taken on these social causes and has been a voice. He's Gun used, violence also. He's yeah, used his he's used his yeah. platform he's a great guy. Um, on on so many occasions. And to your point, Alexis, just has completely ingratiated himself into that Philadelphia fan base. And if you look on social media right now, they're outraged. Yeah. And this is and their they should captain. Be. Yeah. And because how do you how do you have a conversation with a head coach and Jim Curtin and say, hey, I'm happy to come back? The fact that you want me to come back at a lower role, that's fine. That's the part I, that's, that kills me. Th that, that's, that was the conversation. Mm -hmm. To going on the pitch, looking at Ernst Taylor in their face, saying, hey, can we continue that conversation? I'm looking forward to staying with the union. Actually, you know what? We changed our mind. Look for a new club. You're done here.
What? And this is a man uh, who uh, made Philadelphia his home eight years. And while, and just to finish my point, you don't pay someone for what they've done. You pay for what they're going to do. He probably can't give you that much. But he agreed. He agreed. He said, I'll take the extension at a lower rate. What do you mean, he wanted, what do you mean by you, know what? you pay what you're going to do? Because if you're coming back for a much lower rate. That's what I'm saying. You're still... Better than I'm saying he he was he agreed to do yeah. that. You know how some players are like no I want I, I deserve the same pay I was yeah, I no. did so much yeah. for this club. He didn't even do that. Right. He said I'll take lower pay. Right. I want to remain at the club. I want to remain. Philly is my home. He did that, and they found a way to somehow take it away from him, lie to him, or change switch their minds. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. This you is on this horrible for in, in with, that that, with the sense of the cap because we don't know what that lower rate is. That lower rate might still be high enough where Ernst Tanner's like hmm. He, Maybe no, he, that no, money. He, he would lower it below the. We can't. We can't make it work. He would. He would lower it to whatever number would make it work for him to stay there. And they still disrespected hmm. him. I wonder what that, ramifications that that's going to have around. Either way, he's a free agent. He's a. Free, and, and I know a number of MLS clubs that would be a good fit. He's, yeah. He still contributes. Yes. I mean, that's the thing. I know you can look at his age, but but Ali Bedoya is one of those players who is still a really, really important player on that field for the Philadelphia minutes. Union. Two, I know. He's, he's a machine. Yeah. He's always been that way. He can work. He can, he can keep going. He's an yeah, impact player. And, and I know, hey, MLS clubs are like, hey, he's a free agent. No worries, Union. Thank, they yeah. might Thank need, you. They might need him at Nantes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think he wants to stay stateside, <laughs> but uh, it's it's a, uh, you know, I never imagined the union would be treating him in that manner. Mm-hmm. Given that, you don't want to treat anyone that way. No. But this is a captain. Mm-hmm. This is also, the guy who helped build this organization to where it is today. They're also yeah. giving him a chance to go to a rival. Yeah. Oh, someone's terrible. gonna pick him up. Imagine he ends up at DC United. Oh, what about Red Bulls? I mean, <laughs> Charlie, say that, say that <laughs> with, a, with a less disgusting face. Yeah, yeah. You dry heaved. <laughs> say that again. Do it again. Do it again. How about? How about the Red Bulls? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. How about the Red Bulls? There it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that matched the cardigan. He, he can't do it. He can't oh, do it. No, I can't do it. Wow. Um, yeah, that one shocked me. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. Um, we are going to chat with Anita Jones when we return. England have a big matchup in Euro qualifiers with Italy on tap today. We're diving in after a quick timeout. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Euro 2024 qualifiers continue today. Here's a look at the current standings in Group C, England. Currently sitting on top with 13 points. We've got Italy right behind them at 10. And guess what? They face off today at Wembley. A big three points up for grabs. And England will qualify with a win or a draw against Italy. And right now, we are very delighted to bring in our good friend, Anita Jones, who is rocking her England kit. You look like a million bucks. Anita, I just want you to know that we were supposed to have Marco Messina on and have like a little England versus Italy debate and our boy chickened out. So he, really he wanted none of it. Wanted nothing to do with it. He was there putting on Instagram how emotional he was about Spalletti and his speech. Where is he now? Where is he now? <laughs> exactly. He's quiet. quiet. He's, he's still crying about the speech, <laughs> Anita. <laughs> exactly. Listen, I, I, we'd rather have you anyway. I'm just going to say it now. 
right? Ooh. Nice. Uh huh. That's now, right. Now you're gonna have beef with Marco's mom too. You know what? He, if he doesn't show up when he's invited, then then that's yeah. on him. But Anita showed up and she's ready to play. Hey, his mom didn't raise him this way. <laughs> his mom raised him to show up when he's invited. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Oh, okay, so Anita, let's chat about this match against Italy today. And I'm curious, um, as an England fan, how how much. Are you guys thinking about what happened in the last Euro final between Italy? Has, is that just kind of a thing of the past that you guys have put to bed? Or is there a little bit of a, a revenge factor going on in this one? I really don't think the revenge factor plays into many people's minds now, Stana. Um, a lot has happened since that. Of course, it is in the same stage, Wembley, that incredible stadium where they will be facing... Italy and with a win, we'll get qualification to the Euros next year in Germany. But as I mentioned, this isn't the same kind of setup. You've got Italy with a new manager, a lot more younger players that he's working with. I think Donnarumma is the only player to have had like 50 caps around that mark. The rest are all relatively inexperienced. Meanwhile, for England, this is really their last big test when you look at their matches on paper. They've still got Malta and North Macedonia to play in their group. But then it's just frenzy, friendlies next year before the big tournament. So I think in terms of the England perspective, people will be looking to Gareth Southgate to see what he does. But a lot of us know what his um, method has been, his tried and tested method, and that is to stick with players that he trusts. So I'm not sure we'll see too many surprises. I know against Australia in that friendly last week, it was almost like a different starting 11 altogether. But um, it's really just to see how England fare against, I guess, a good opponent. Well, you, you mentioned sticking with players that he trusts. In the midfield, there was a player, Jordan Henderson, who was getting booed mm -hmm. by the crowd. Does he stick with him? Or are we going to see a, a more of a Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, and maybe a Trent Alexander-Arnold or a James Madison in the midfield? Or do you think he's going to go back to, James, uh, to having Jordan Henderson in the midfield? Great question there, Charlie. Um, talking about the midfield, obviously, Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, how can you drop those guys? I think if my mind... Um, remembers correctly that um, Gareth Southgate made a joke saying how can you drop them they're both in incredible form Jude's got La Liga on fire scoring left right you, you know everywhere and then Declan Rice is really just solidifying his role in Arsenal in that, that midfield in terms of who goes in there with him it was Jordan Henderson who was um, in the midfield against Australia he wore the captain's armband and was booed off, unfortunately. And I think the reasons for that are so complex. When it comes to England players, a lot of players have been booed, if we're being honest. Most recently, Harry Maguire. I know we spoke about that whole fallout and what that meant. But you go back in the archives, players like Wayne Rooney, who broke records, who was an incredible player for England, also suffered the fate of being booed by England fans. Then you have like John Terry, I think even Frank Lampard. So this isn't a new tendency, in fact, um, Gareth Southgate afterwards said like he, he wasn't sure, he didn't understand why it was happening in terms of how that would help everyone because ultimately you need to back your team. The reasons for which they're booing him I think are very complex. Some people aren't happy with his decision to have left Liverpool and gone to uh, the Saudi Arabia League where um, of course he, he's been seen to be such an ally of the LGBTQ plus community and um, their stance on those issues doesn't really, I guess, match that yeah yeah exactly you and think? then also 
um, you've then got the factor of, is he good enough? He's 33 years old. You've got the likes of Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham, who are young, fresh, and are playing in very competitive leagues, showing up week in, week out. So is he really the best person to be there with him? But Gareth Southgate doesn't trust it. It seems the likes of James Ward-Prowse. And you look at who else he could go to. Is it Calvin Phillips? Again, questions asked because Calvin Phillips is barely playing in the Premier League. So it will be interesting to see who he goes for this evening. Anita, I want to ask something along the lines of how you just finished that sentence there, because it still seems as though the temperature is still being checked with Gareth Southgate after every match. And as 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 insane as the, the, the squad and the talent level that's available to him, now there's a question of Jude Bellingham is on fire. He seems like one of the best players in the world. Is there a sense with the England fan base that maybe this isn't the manager to get the best out of him? And does he, do you think he needs to prove that every time he goes out, especially with uh, how he picks the lineup and how he surrounds Jude Bellingham, especially against this Italy game? Yeah, I mean, Alexis, last time we spoke about this, people came for me on the comments. They're going to come for me whatever I say, you know. I see you, I see you on social media. They were coming for me when I was there, you know, talking about Gareth Southgate and all the good he's done to this point. I think the reality is um, he's going to be judged really highly, um, I guess, tonight in terms of the lineup and the, the tactics and the in-game management, but equally next year, because there is this sense amongst the England fan base, I think for many, um, that England are great when it comes to lower opposition, but when they come against a good team, all of a sudden, how do they undo their, their back line or find that way through? That's something that they've struggled with. We saw it in the World Cup when England came up against France and were ultimately knocked out. So um, I think Gareth Southgate is aware he's always under pressure being the England manager equals pressure, you know, the pressure is getting worse for him. So um, he's going to have to try and, I guess, give um, his team as much confidence and also the, the fans. But like I said, he likes to go for his tried, uh, tried, and trust, uh, tried and tested mythology, which is players that he trusts. So it, it will be difficult to see. But if England aren't winning next year, I'd be surprised if, um, we see him continue just because of mounting pressure. He may do so. The FA have been so supportive of him. And like I've said previously, he's done so well garnering this um, trust in the British, British public and the team, or English public, I should say, rather, and the team, given so many hurdles we've gone by. But um, it will be really interesting to see. But yeah, I, I'd be surprised if he could continue in the job with mounting pressure. Um, if England aren't in the final next year. Okay, Anita, I want to. I want you to take off your journalist hat and put on an Anita Layman hat, like a, a, a normal person in your WhatsApp group. In I want to get the pulse of your friends, your friends group. What do they think? What does your immediate circle think of Gareth Southgate? Not Anita journalist. Give me an Anita Anita Layman. My friends in the WhatsApp group will be asking me. What's your thoughts on Nigeria as well, Anita? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's yeah. like another political answer. Now yeah. I'm going to throw your that's friends That's called the deflection the right there. That's yeah. impressive. Well played. Run for office, <laughs> Anita. <laughs> uh, oh, but on that, on that layman's uh, level, Anita, what, how are you going to be watching this one? Are you going to be with people? Do you like to watch these by yourself? Like, what does the whole setup look like for you as you take this one in? Susanna, that sounds like I'm a sad, lonely person. Do I like to watch No, sometimes, like, I, I yeah. and a true story, plan. if Liverpool have a big plan. game, if Liverpool by have yourself. a big game, I like to be by myself. Respect. 
I, because I get so emotional, and I'm like, no one needs to see me having. If it's not a an meltdown, it's by yourself. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, I, yeah, I'm, and I'm a little bit of a weirdo like that. But, but I'm just curious. Like, are you going to be with a bunch of friends? Like, is there a watch party happening? Tell us what your what your night looks like. I'll answer your question in just a moment, Susanna. But I definitely vote for CBS to set up a camera with you watching Liverpool. It's an emotional that. journey, I'll tell you that much. It's a roller coaster. So in terms of this, I mean, come on, this is not like a big game. If it's the World Cup, you've got watch parties, I'd definitely go and watch it with friends or you'd watch it in like a beer garden where there's great atmosphere and so on. But for this, I'll just be at home essentially watching who Gareth Southgate selects and if we can put on a performance that gives us confidence. Because again, as I mentioned, after this, there aren't any real big tests for England. And when you're in that tournament, the big tests come from all directions. So um, it will be interesting to see who he picks for his starting 11. I love it. Are you feeling confident though, Anita? I mean, we beat Italy last time yeah. out and that was on Italian soil. You know, it was the first time since the 1960s. In fact, it was one of our first shows that I was joining you guys. So I have great memories of then. It was such a <gasps> moment. Oh, I love that. Aww. Hey, before we let you go, any uh, quick message for Marco, who again, chickened out and did not show up for this segment today. Ciao, Marco. See you next year. I'm going to make it, you know, if I have to go by a Nations League to qualify. Ciao, ciao. Ah, I have great memories of Anita hiding from spiders. Oh, I don't think you want, you just triggered her, Charlie. That wasn't nice. Uh, Anita, don't listen to him. Um, hey, good luck tonight. Enjoy it. We appreciate you joining us this morning, as always. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. <laughs> you, you had to do it, Chuck. I had to. You had to. I had to. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we are going to chat on some MLS end of season awards. That's coming up after a quick break. Stay with us.